0: You know, I'm not used to incorporating these... specific pronouns? Yeah, Yeah. at all, in sentences. So it requires me to actually think about it. And, you know, it kind of actually sounded out. Does it sound right? It doesn't really sound right. Because I'm not... Again, I'm not familiar with it. So I appreciate how Kababi articulates... It is air. Air mentality and how it shifts over... Okay, so cut that a little bit. I don't think we need to go into all the whole flustering of... How flustered I was about this, because that's embarrassing. I don't know, man.
1: I... Don't I don't cut, know. Don't put I, all
0: of it in there. I, Let's just, like, a little okay, bit. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, just cut
1: judiciously. It. I don't mind okay. a little bit, but if, it, yeah. Fun fact, usually, especially now that I have not, not as much time, I do, like, heavy edits on the front, and then by the end, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, I do that, too. I, I don't
0: give a shit. I'm just sort of like, <laughs> did we end it correctly? And then that's it. And, and honestly, most people
1: stop listening 20 minutes in. <laughs> Comics We need to read more of on this podcast. Rob Liefeld. No, I I think we're sworn off of tiny ankles and pouches. I I was going to say banned books. Well, Roman, that's going to be everything soon,
0: given given current trends.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I I think at the rate we're going, we're only going to be allowed to read things like Peanuts and Dilbert.
0: I got to tell you, Roman, I've never been a big fan of Scott Adams comics, just his political philosophy.
1: Oh God! I think we just got canceled. I'm <laughs> Ruman Segel, and I'm Ryan Joe, and we are two dudes who aren't waiting around for a banned booktober. No, we're not. But what are we reading this week, Ruman? <laughs> this week we're reading Maya Kababe's Genderqueer, a memoir created in 2014 by Maya Kobabe, who uses the em air pronouns, create a cathartic autobiography of air's experience with gender identity. From crushes to fanfic, from coming out to making out to getting her family on board with air new pronouns. What started as a series of Instagram posts to explain to the author's family what it means to be non-binary and asexual, genderqueer became so much more than a personal story. It is a useful and touching guide on gender identity, what it means, and how to think about it for advocates, friends, and humans everywhere. And then it became the most banned book in the country. (sighs) Yeah. What started as a simple, moving explanation of gender identity, with the potential to create so much greater empathy and understanding for all of us, got picked up by a parent on the wrong side of history. And then a social media firestorm resulted, snowballing into headlines around the country, with dozens of schools pulling it from library bookshelves around the country, from the Carolinas to Texas to Virginia, with many officials labeling it as quote-unquote pornographic. But we're not here to talk about the controversy surrounding the book. Uh, Maybe we will. But we're here to talk about the work itself. So, Ryan, look, when I first read this book, it moved me. In light of all the other not-so-positive bullshit happening in our society, in our country, I think it felt really important for us to revisit genderqueer. So, I don't know, man. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I loved it. I really appreciate the way Kobabi articulates
0: air mentality as he navigates air sexuality and gender identity because typically when you think about somebody who's non-binary i think to the extent that we are really formally educated we actually really there really is no formal education on it right
1: no. so the, the well, there's the, books like this which are being banned
0: <laughs> right so the traditional thinking i think is like well it's somebody who was born biologically one gender who
1: wishes they were another gender so it's a it's sort of and obviously there are people but, but out i'd there be careful who, but i'd be careful okay. there and like ryan and i don't know the answer to this i genuinely don't and over the last five or ten years when transgender started to become something more known and understood never mind accepted because i don't think we're there as a society i it's something so you said something funny wishes it's no it's not a wish as, as far as I read it, it's like this is who they are and I, I don't have the answers I genuinely don't and this book I don't even want to say unsettled me it made me wonder about what do I actually know about this and I, I've read it twice now and I get it more than I did before but I'd be lying if I said I fully got it and that's okay yeah that's why you have to have more stuff like this. Right.
0: Well, I think there just aren't a lot of memoirs, at least not that I have read, that really dive into what is the interiority like as you wrestle with this as you come of age. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that Kobabi is a really really just a a great visual storyteller. He articulates a very complex and confusing time in her life, but does it in a way that's very simple. Like there's these this is not a very wordy comic. And actually, so as a point of contrast, we we, we we reviewed Batman White Knight. And you have this whole, almost like pages of the Joker trying to articulate why he's so obsessed with Batman and it's just so freaking wordy. And at the end of the day, I still don't understand what the fuck he's thinking. Versus like, Maya Kobabi is also articulating Aaron Terriority, but does so in a way that is so clear and makes so much sense and really puts you into her shoes so i actually really really appreciated that and it's sort of rare that you have a memoir that is both this clear and this honest and also trying to describe something that it's something that's often not often described
1: something you said like resonates like the cartoonist who we've read on this pod where the simplicity is enraging they make it look so easy, which means they are a master of their craft. And I i would assume he spent so much time wrestling with what to say and what not to say. But yeah. they make it so easy. And again, are there other cartoonists out there, like Gene Luen Yang, like the Tamaki cousins, etc., that do this well. And it's weird. With fiction, the, like the Batmans and the, the Alan Moore stuff and the Grant Morrison stuff that we've read, I feel like with the, that fiction, it has to have like a cinematic quality to it. And mm-hmm. with a lot of these things, be it Year of the Rabbit or My Friend Dahmer or Gender Queer, when you have this documentary cartoonist take, be it a memoir or a historical fiction or a historical nonfiction, you can take certain liberties and have that documentary style, be it introspective or commenting on a bigger movement in society or history. But damn it, he makes it look so easy. And that's what's so disarming about this book. It's it's not a cartoon. It's it is very lifelike. It is very real. I was troubled it's funny. While yes, I learned a lot about something I did not understand and fully know and I still do not. But I could relate to it. Like there were parts of this yeah. and I think that that was the beauty of this. That's what made me understand A's experience more. That oh, A's just like me. I've had not those exact feelings, but the uncertainty, love, kissing, crushing, all those things. There, there were some familiar notes. They weren't all there. They were few and far between. But it was that commonality which drew me in and which disarmed me to want to understand more. And that's what makes me so fucking angry at people banning a book like this. Like, it's it's books like this that are helping us understand something that we do not understand and to ban it says we should not understand it which is bullshit in my opinion
0: well the thing is is like maya kobabi was essentially alone he went through this whole wrestling first with their sexuality then gender identity before finally starting to to figure it out and there really wasn't a lot of literature like Ian kind of embraced LGBT literature, but I don't get the sense that there was like a lot for air to really dive into. And the reason this book is important is because there are probably kids. And by the way, Kobabi didn't write this, I don't think, with, with kids in mind. He originally wrote it for an adult audience, and it just happened to get picked up by by a ya
1: audience well and what's interesting but, about that and this is where i I'm, this is definitely not both sidesism, but i was i always try to read reviews of this book and it was interesting upon googling the book to just literally watch the sheer split in the internet much like the sheer split in our society on this book and the one thing i will say is i don't think this book specifically should be read in elementary, but it should be available in middle school, maybe and definitely high school. And I think a lot of the pushback from parents and the book banning and maybe these people are being like demonized a little bit. Yeah, look, there's comics like Raina Telegemeier, who I discovered one of her books is actually on the banned book list, which is shocking to me. But my daughter likes the first couple books. And my wife was like, I don't want our six-year-old reading her third book, drama, because it's about boys and kissing and stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Like, Ed, and, and are there some explicit elements in this book? There's talk of masturbation and lust and sex. Yeah, sure. So yeah, maybe an elementary school kid shouldn't read it. Well, but the yeah. fact that the headlines pick up on that and say it was being banned. I actually agree. There's some books. Like I do want my daughter to know that there are queer people that there are trans people in the world and but this book might not be the first book that i would want her to be exposed to that there's actually a great kids book by holly hatam someone i've had on my other podcast that does talk about trans identity and it's done in a more kid appropriate way so it's like i I can understand some of the tension of this book yeah i don't think Kababi was ever target
0: was ever writing this with Kobabi was not writing this for children in mind. No, with not, children at mine. not at all, not was not writing this with, I don't think, young adult, even teenagers in mind. And, mine. and I, I think Kobabi was writing this just for herself to, to- Yeah, yeah. To, to, sometimes there's some, there's cathars- I Now I'm speculating. There's catharsis in writing, right? You, you have a greater understanding of something when you write it down, when you're forced to turn it into a story. But that being said, anytime there's any book- Anything that has a frank discussion of sexuality, there's always gonna be a contingent of people who clenching their pearls pornographic. This is it's a Judy Bloom thing also. One of Judy Mm -hmm. Bloom's books got banned because there was it, it mentioned masturbation in it. So people freak out over stupid shit like that. They think that any discussion of sexuality is as should be taboo is automatically pornographic and then of course you add kobabi's uncertainty about her sexuality and then later her gender and of course you've got this firestorm that's just going to be bait for these
1: but like fuck them right like who yeah fuck them fuck them but, but no I, I just the one thing i want to emphasize with like and with a lot of the comics we read right the junji ito stuff like i have a kid in my house who loves reading comics and you her, i you love don't give her junji ito maybe
0: you just aren't giving her the
1: right junji ito no, no, but but in all seriousness, man. Like I keep my books on my bedside table. There's a there's a shelf in our living room where I keep a lot of the comics I get from the library or the books that we're looking at for this. And I really think about. And she's now starting to read. She can read words. And there's some books where I keep the spine hidden or the book flipped over on the side or even if the back art because she's gonna pick it up and flip through it. And I want to be really careful. And that's my job as a parent. And I yes. do understand that my daughter's elementary school library. And I'm I'm saying this like yeah, and I don't think Kobabe wanted this book to be in her, in elementary school libraries, maybe, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but it's like, it's on the parent as well, but I absolutely think, I'm jumping to like the last question we always ask, like I think any adult needs to read this book I I view this book, among many of the books that we read, as required reading in our society, because a comic makes the story more accessible you can't boogeyman the talking points when you're watching a kid or an adult cathartically work through what it was like to be a kid. I I can't not empathize with a went through.
0: Right. Look, so I'm not a parent, obviously. So I probably shouldn't talk about parenting, but whatever. I always (laughs) felt that when you ban a book, you're shirking your duty as a parent. Anyone who bans a book does not want to be a parent because they want somebody else to be the parent. Because if your kid, okay, maybe accidentally picks up something that is above their age bracket or they're, mm-hmm. they 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 encounter something that you didn't want them to really encounter at this young age, what do you do? You 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 have a conversation with them, and you talk Absolutely. about it, yeah. right? So the people who are trying to ban this book, they're trying to avoid ever having that conversation. And that's the charitable way, I think, of thinking about it. What they're really trying to do is pretend that people like Mayako Bobby don't exist. There are a yeah. lot of people who would prefer people like Mayako Bobby don't exist but they do and I think that's what's so so evil about it this book is it's a really helpful guide to people who are confused I think who, who might have be going through something similar and who need to see somebody else going through something similar to feel less alone I think this book could make people who uh, it could make us it can it, it could make some people feel less alone and help them navigate. Some confusing times in their lives, and to you know, it's, ban it, it, it. It's keeping them from it, and there's no real benefit to banning it, and there's a lot of
1: harm to banning it. I think. That's funny. We said we weren't going to talk about the controversy until yeah, we here totally did, but but here I want to come back to it. The book's actually really good. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's about I mean, the book. Yeah, it's it's funny and it's touching. And man, I wish my parents were as cool as air parents. And I it's funny like I think fanfic is becoming cooler and interesting more whether it's Kamala Khan or Maya Kababe like being into the space and like I'll, I'll just pick one scene that I found hilarious A is asexual so A doesn't like making out or having a right. lot of sexual experiences and A wanted to write some fanfic about something <laughs> and A literally had to set up a Tinder profile to like learn how to fool around and I so they could. They could write about it, and I thought that was hilarious. And then, eventually, spoiler alert: they find a friend who could just do that for them. <laughs> like, can you just can you just write those parts for me? That would be easier. And it's just like there's all these like this. This book is so specific to air experience that I don't know. I think I think that's what really tugged at my heartstrings as I was reading this book. It was such a specific local experience, and that's that's what made it resonate. There were just so many funny moments.
0: Yeah, well, kebab is is awkward, right? As 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 many young people are who are trying to figure out their place in the world. But to your earlier point, he's very relatable because of that. Aside from the unique circumstances of Air's life and Air's like gender identity and sexual identity, fundamentally Kobabi in her teens and 20s is just an awkward kid trying to figure out their place in the world and I think there's something incredibly relatable to all of that and uh, he's also a geek right the way kobabi (laughs) geeks out about uh, on harry potter or johnny weir yeah right but that's the book that got air interested in reading he had a had difficulty learning how to read until air mom read harry potter the irony
1: is not lost upon me about that by the way
0: oh yeah right that is interesting. Yeah, no, I think that's fundamentally what makes gender queer so so relatable, right? Khababi is fundamentally just an awkward teenager trying to navigate the world, and sexuality and gender identity obviously is a big part of that. But all that aside, he's eminently em- 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 just very re- uh, relatable as a human being. It's just like a, a geeky kid just trying to do the things that uh, that he loves. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> this is one of those episodes where we kind of like just. Like we don't have much more to say because we love it. (laughs) A like snakes growing up. Like it's hard it's it's hard to talk about this book in terms of like its story, in terms of its because it's 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 a pretty straightforward memoir and it's not really narrative driven. It's real well, I guess there is this element of
2: Kobabi eventually
0: deciding, hey, I'm gonna at the end, next time I'm going to come out, like finally reveal, like being upfront about air identity and
1: to other people. Well, one thing that left me wanting more, and that made me a little angry at Kababe reading this book. And again, this because you're rooting for the hero. A is the hero of their own story is the pushback on not pushing back about the pronouns, the teaching the art class and not revealing who they really were and hiding their identity. And it's not until like the very end of the book and it leaves it unresolved in that art class they are teaching that maybe I won't say it. But if I do say it, people, it might change someone's life because maybe there's another kid in the room. And I really found myself, especially in the first reading, like shouting at the pages like come on. Uh, like embrace who you are and there's only that uh, that one page of a walking with the floral prince that shows the true and, and uh, pun intended i guess no pun intended pride with who a were in like a professional a social a personal setting it really only happens in the last gosh 10 pages of the book man and i don't know why did that, i don't why know did and that maybe you, maybe, that... maybe that's the 10 yeah yeah why did that make you angry no it's it, it's not anger that's that's the tension of angry. the book
0: oh okay I yeah can,
1: I, I can really, the whole book was leading up to that moment. Right. And A's journey is like just beginning, you know? Right, right, like, right.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's important though, right? Because like most of the book is Kobabi's just struggle, attempt to struggle to figure out, first off, he thinks that he's gay and then I think bisexual and then finally realizing I think that, that he's asexual But but also then gender identity becomes this big question. And then finally, there's this moment of self-realization. But the next step is trying to communicate that to other people and trying to convince other people to use errors, chosen, chosen pronouns, because like, as you can tell from this podcast, it is difficult. And you're asking people to do some work. But at the same time, as Kobabi says, it's just a little bit of work to make her a little bit more comfortable.
1: So, Ryan, I I feel like it's going to be hard for us to really pick this book apart because of how much we both took from it. So I'm going to ask a very obvious question. Would you recommend this book to folks?
0: Yeah, I would. It's i think it's an important book to read and I, as i was saying in the beginning of the podcast i think that a lot of way people think about transgender is very simplistic it's somebody who's biologically one gender who who feels that they should be some other gender and kobabi's identity is a lot more complicated than that and her journey is a lot more complicated than that and i really love the frankness with which kobabi really told her story and the clarity, honestly, with which the story is told, because there's a lot of going back and forth in terms of, I think I'm gay, or maybe I'm bisexual, maybe I'm asexual, maybe I'm this or that, before finally figuring it out. And I think seeing all of that work on the page really clarifies what a struggle it was and how not easy it was, both for herself. And also probably in terms of articulating it to other people. And I also really respect how Kobabi just doesn't shy away from some of the physical trauma that mm-hmm. he goes through. Like with a cervical it's Like the doctors. Like, like the doctors yeah. It's torture. It's torture. And it, it also is something that really shows Air's discomfort with the anatomy that he was born with. And also the way that Air's discomfort is also something that Kobabi has an aunt that thinks of it as misogyny, right? You just we, you don't like your female body. That's misogyny, and I, I really like how Kobabi also leans into that as well. No,
1: it's 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 not. It's so it's it, it's, it is. It's, 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 it's interesting watching the family struggle with it. Like I, yeah. I, I love the fact that that was part of it, and it's 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 not a like really this... open-minded
0: family, but this is something that they're not familiar with. And that they don't really have a way of understanding it within their own concept of sexuality and gender, even though that they are as unjudgmental as they as they possibly can be. There's there's something very, very strange. But Kobabi's family also tries to understand it. And they're open to Kobabi's explanation of it. They're not the sort of family that just sort of shuts down. And so I think I think Kobabi got very, very lucky in being born with the family that she had into the family that she had. He had. Sorry.
1: Yeah. It's something you and I were either texting or talking about. This episode, we were going to try to do a, like a whole month of queer or gender identity books for Pride Month. And we went through, and I'm, I have to go back, check the tape, other than the Batman book, how many of them were. But something you were like, well, I don't want to read just books about, like, really hit the nail on the head. But at the same time, we just want to read books by queer creators. And there is a spectrum of just great books by queer creators that maybe take on queer identity with queer characters, like a lot of Marco Tamaki's books and characters. But then there's books that hit the issue, the understanding of it, like head on. And I, I think it's equally important to have both. You just need to have like the sheer representation right. of just queer characters, just being characters, just being superheroes, just being documentary style stories of, of queer identity. But then specifically with genderqueer and trans or asexual or bisexual identity just things that i don't understand need to be explained and like a deeply personal thing like not just for me like absolutely for me but like for other people and so i don't know i don't we we, when we were talking about like the books we wanted to select look technically grant morrison is bisexual technically robin is bisexual jonathan kent superman's son is bisexual there's a lot of books grant morrison is non-binary also right but it's and, the question is, it's like, OK, I think I think that satisfies it to read a bunch of their work, but it doesn't really hit the nail on the head of me trying to come to grips with understanding something. Oh, right, right, like, right,
0: right. I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah like I, I look, I totally understand. And look, if, if you can write write great comics, I don't care about your gender identity, Grant Morrison. I do and I don't. That's cool. But let's like I'm like I'm in it for like a weird Grant Morrison comic. But at the same time, there's a lot of non-binary that I just don't understand. Like, I I just, I admit freely. And so I need to read a book like Gender Queer. I think we need, like, so we need the representation of characters, of creators, et cetera, to just bring perspectives. But I think we need, like, primer 101 books like this. And there aren't enough of them. So, and and I'm glad it had to be done in a personal memoir. This wasn't Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. This was me coming to terms with myself in my own catharsis. And I think because it was deeply personal, it was deeply specific. I I think that's that's literally what hacks the source code of people's empathy. Anyway, that's my, my answer to my own question is, look, do I think elementary school kids should be reading it? Eh, probably not. But I don't think my daughter should be reading books about boys and girls or girls and girls kissing yet. Like, But at the same time, I think past your teen years or approaching your teen or adolescent years, I, I think this is a book you have to read to understand that you or your friends or people in your school might be having a different experience other than yours.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I think, again, Kobabi just articulates it so so well and so clearly and with such empathy.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, en- it's envious how good they are at this. <laughs> like, it's really pleasant and upsetting to see someone so good at their craft and make it look so easy. But Ryan, I think we've said all there is to be said not really about gender. well not theory. really yes. so it's important and everyone should read it but i have a more important question right oh god i cannot even imagine what that question would be
0: <sighs> ryan what are we reading next week so next week we're actually going to read a comic by another non-binary creator Grant Morrison, who, of course, we are the ultimate Grant Morrison fanboys. You've probably heard their name mentioned more than once on this podcast. But in contrast to Maya Kobabi's Gender Queer, which, of course, detailed Kobabi's questions of gender identity, we are going to be reading Morrison's Aztec, The Ultimate Man, which was a (laughs) 10-issue superhero comic that ran from 1996 to 1997. Aztec was actually a DC Comics hero. He was not particularly well known, though he did appear in multiple issues of Justice League. I actually have not read Aztec, but remember reading rave reviews about it back when it was sort of this new thing coming out. And I'm really looking forward to, to digging into it. It's called The Ultimate Man. How can it not be like completely
1: fucking ridiculous? Almost as popular as the Pontiac Aztec, I would imagine pontiac aztec what is pontiac aztec
0: it's a car that sucked oh sorry i don't know a car oh yeah it is do you think they named it after the car it's actually spelled the exact same way they both came out around the same
1: time so we'll find out next week by the way
0: when you google pontiac aztec and i'm sorry i'm not a car person the people also ask why is the Pontiac Aztec the worst car ever? Was the Pontiac (laughs) Aztec a failure? Why was the Pontiac Aztec discontinued? And is the Pontiac Aztec the ugliest car? Hopefully we will not be asking those questions of Aztec the ultimate man. Because he is, after all, the ultimate man. Tune in next
1: week. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong at qtdcomics at gmail.com. We'll give you a social media handle, but we're old and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel.
0: And I am and have always been Ryan Jones.
2: To be girls who do boys like that, girls who do girls like that, boys.